0: Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from the Book of Genesis series on how God is a finisher. This message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org.
1: Lord, our hearts are are a, a great source of temptation this morning. And we feel enticed to disobey you, to walk away from you. But Lord we know that through the renewal of our mind through your scriptures through your word that we can become strong. So make us strong this morning. Give us a love for the truth, Lord, and help us to admire our Lord Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Now, turn if you would in uh, in Genesis chapter 2. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them, and on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested or he stopped. On the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens and every plant of the field before it was in the earth and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth and there was not a man to till the ground. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered or gave to drink the uh, whole face of the earth, of the ground. And the Lord God formed, he formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden and then he put There he put the man whom he had formed and out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil or good and bad. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. The name of the first is Pishon, and that is that which compasseth the whole land of Habilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. There is bdellium and the onyx stone. And the name of the second river is Gihon. The same is that that compasseth the whole land of Ethiopia. And the name of the, the, name of the third river is Hidekel, which is that which go toward the east of Assyria. And the fourth is Euphrates. And the Lord God took man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I'll make him a helpmate, meat for him. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found someone to argue with him. No, I'm sorry. There was was not found... Now, we've been studying how God made this world and made this particular place like a temple for a place to, for God and man to meet together. That's what a temple is. That's what a sanctuary really is. If it's going to be an effective sanctuary, an effective temple, it's going to be a meeting place between God and man. And last week we saw also from Isaiah 9-6 how important it is as we come to the temple of God, albeit here in church or in our morning devotion time, wherever it is, that we worship the Lord Jesus Christ as our hero. And last week I suggested take time, make a list of why the Lord Jesus Christ is our hero. Like that, 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 that poem, How Do I Love Thee, Let Me Count The Ways, and so forth. So this morning now, we come to this chapter 2, and verse 1, which reads, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished. That is a very important place that we're at, finished, very important word. Uh, whenever we travel, we have to go sometimes from Tecate to Ensenada, so we could take the, the upper route, take us to the south of Tijuana and go down, but there's another road that goes directly, to, it's very pretty, from uh, Tecate to Ensenada. It's a very beautiful drive. But what's so unusual, you go through vineyards and orchards, and what's unusual when you take that drive is that, there's big places, and they have these great stone walls that they start down there. And, 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 it, and it looks so nice, but they never get finished. You know, they just kind of like start, and they look so good, and all of a sudden it's just like, then there's barbed wire. But it, it's And you could sort of see as we drive through there, see, boy, somebody had some great plans for this big wall, you know, so, but they never get finished, you know, so sometimes we do that too. We have great plans, we don't finish, but that's not God. God is all about finishing what he starts. And this is the first of three great finishes that God has that we learn about. This verse 1 of chapter 2 is the first one. That's the finish of the creation. Thus were the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. Now, you know, a second finish. I know you've got one. What are you thinking of? The second finish at the cross, right? In John 19:30, when Jesus, it said, when he had, it says he, when he received the vinegar, and then he said, it's finished, and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. What was that finish? That was the finish of our redemption. Verse 1, creation, finish of our redemption. Now, that's a very important finish for us as believers, and I want to show you this, because in turn, if you would, please, to Psalm 22. Because here in Psalm 22, it it speaks about the crucifixion and the work that he did on the cross when he made the atonement. He did the atonement work on the cross. That's what he finished. And it says in the very, and you go through this chapter, and it's got that whole history here of how he starts off by saying, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me from the words of my roaring and so forth? And you get the description, they pierced my hands and my feet and my, my, and, 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 uh, my strength is, is is dried up like a pot shirt, and so forth. But you get, and, you, and, and, and you, there's a transition that occurs in this great work and that is, happens there in in uh, verse 21 is where he's dying and he's asking the father to save him from the lion's mouth which he does and he's heard from the horns of the unicorns and then the transition happens in verse 22 where it's now the declaration. And he says, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. And our part comes in in the last two verses, verse 30 and 31, because it speaks about us. Who are we? In verse 30, we are the seed that shall serve him. We are the seed that shall serve him. We are the ones who are counted as the generation, as his continue, as, as if we were his children. And what do we do in verse 31? We come... First we come, they shall come. That means we go, we seek those who need to know, the lost about what he did. And what do we do when we find them? It says in the 31, we declare or we preach or we tell boldly. And what message do we tell? we tell that the Lord Jesus Christ is the righteous one. He was the perfect sacrifice. Unlike man, we tell. And what do we tell? That he hath done this, or that he finished this. In other words, what he finished on the cross is our message as his children, as his believers. We talk about that. That's the second great finish in the Bible. But there's another one. Turn to Revelation chapter 21, and here we see verses 5 and 6, and here it says, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these are the things, these are the words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done, or finished. It is finished. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst the fountain of life the fountain of the water of life, freely. That's the third great finish in the Bible. What's that finish of? The new creation. So there we have it, the three things that are very important as far as what God finished. His creation, which we're studying now, the redemption that he accomplished on the cross, and the future new creation. Okay, Okay. now we come to verses 2 and 3 of chapter 2. And here we are at the subject of the Sabbath. We come to the Sabbath. The Sabbath is so commonly misunderstood. I mean, there are people who think it's the most important issue over the Sabbath on the day that it's observed, on which day it's observed. It's like it's the greatest commandment. And so let's ask the question this morning, what is important about the Sabbath? What's important? Well, to keep the Sabbath is one of the Ten Commandments, as you know. From given to us in Exodus 20. Anybody remember why the what is unusual about the Sabbath that is not mentioned in any of the other nine commandments? There's no not, right. <laughs> There's no not. <laughs> That's very unusual. I remember as a little kid sitting in, in a synagogue, and they always put the Ten Commandments in the stained glass. So, anyway, And you look up there, and you see those in Hebrew written, you know, and it's it's not gentle, it's not, it's not like it is in our in our in our gentle Bibles, you know, thou shalt not, it's not suggestive. It just comes out with this finger pointing at you, it says, no, 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 no. That's the way it goes. It says low, 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 which means no. It says no adultery, no lying, no false witness. And so after a while, you know, I'm going like this. You know. <laughs> and the Ten Commandments nails you. It nailed me. Anyway, but the Sabbath is not that way because it starts not with the word low, which most of them do, but it starts with another word. What word is it? Yeah. Remember. Remember. Keep remember but it has that word remember the sabbath keep the sabbath remember the sabbath now what is it about the sabbath it's a time of remembrance it's a time of remembrance and what is it that we're supposed to remember about the sabbath what is it that's so unusual about this the the, the, that we are to remember and not forget well now look at exodus 20 verse 11 Exodus 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you should labor, do all your work. Seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. Okay? And then he says in verse 11, for in six days, six days, the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all of them there is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. You see, the Sabbath is important because it's a remembrance that God really did create everything in six days, in six days. I've told you that before, I, I think I have, six literal days that when I, uh, also in Temple and Synagogue when I was uh, growing up, we had to fast on the Yom Kippur, this, the Day of Atonement. We, we couldn't eat, we couldn't drink, actually. Very terrible day, especially for me. I don't know why, I was a kid. <laughs> and um, used to go to Temple, and they would have a plastic bag over the drinking fountain. This was a serious thing, you know, you couldn't drink for 24 hours. So, you know, it was a day of, well, you're supposed to afflict your soul. and Anyway, so I used to sit there and just, you know, think, how long is this 20, how long can 24 hours be? You know, so it kind of gets ingrained in you as a little kid, you know. So and then you, because that's the word Yom, Yom Kippur, day of covering, day of atonement, Yom, so it's six days, right? So anyways, after I became Christian and, and, uh, and I saw that some people suggested that Yom was more than 24 hours, that was just out of the question, you know, couldn't couldn't accept that. <laughs> it was bad enough being 24 hours, much less anything more than that. But that's the Sabbath, It's to remember that in John six 24-hour periods, God created the, everything that we see. It's a day of worship. It's not, a, it's, must, it's not supposed to be a day of your normal work or your servile work. It's a day of worship. It's a day of remembrance. That's what we're doing today. This is the Lord's day for us because we don't work and we are focused on Him. So, in essence, the principle of the Sabbath—we're keeping the principle of the Sabbath—and we don't have animals that would fall into a ditch. But anyway, we would help it out if we did because that's not the issue. Is is what is is the work? The issue is
0: the issue is remembering the Lord, remembering the Lord. <laughs> It's great to remember the Lord today, and that's a wonderful thought and message. I also was remembering about what you said in Genesis chapter 2, verse 1, about how the heavens and the earth were finished, and that word finished is actually the first mention of the word finished in the Bible. Now, as we build our friendship with God, what can we learn from that word finished that tells us more about the character of God? Well, you're absolutely right.
1: That's the first time in the Bible that the word finished is used. And what's so interesting about it is that it's God is the finisher. God is the finisher. So the first time that we have in the Bible the word finished used, it's God who is finishing. And he finished the heavens and the earth here. But what it teaches us is that God is a finisher. And there's some wonderful examples throughout the Bible of God in the finishing mode. He says, for example, in Daniel 9.24, he says to to Daniel, he says, "...seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression." And to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. You know, from this verse here, what's so interesting about it is that God says there's a limit here, 70 weeks, and and this is the time to finish the transgression, make an end of sin, make reconciliation for iniquity, bring in everlasting righteousness. What a wonderful description of the cross. What happened at the cross is described perfectly in this verse here. That's the place where The end of sins was. That that was a place that made the end of sins, the end of our sins. What is the end of our sins? Are we going to have to remember our sins for eternity? No, because at the cross, God made an end of our sins. And then he said to finish the transgression. Are we always going to be known as those who transgress? No, at the cross, God finishes our transgression. And how does he finish it? He finishes our transgression. He makes an end of our sin by paying for our transgression, by paying for our sins. So the place of the payment where he made the transaction, and put across the most valuable payment, which was not silver, not gold, as Peter told us, but his own precious blood. And that precious blood went across the table, and, and the Lord Jesus Christ said, there, I'm paying for the debt of the transgression of man. I'm paying for the debt of the sins of man. And that's the place where God the Father said, payment received, finished the transaction, finished the transgression, finished the sins, payment has been in full made. And then he said to make reconciliation for iniquity. So not only was the payment for sins had to be made, but there was the problem of what sins, what our sins did, what our transgressions did. They put a wedge between us and God. They separated us from God. This was horrible. This is like we are underneath the water as divers in a diving bell, and somebody on the surface of the ship stepped his foot on our airline. And we were separated from our airline. Why is it like that? Because God is our life. We saw that in Genesis where he breathed into man. God breathed into man the breath of life. Life is associated with God and God breathed into man the breath of life. So God is our life just like a diver needs that air for his life. And so what happened is that the sin put its foot on on our airline and it it put us into death and it put us into separation from God. So how does the reconciliation take place? How does the bringing back of ourselves to God occur? It occurs at the cross. At the cross, reconciliation was made for iniquity. And then that verse goes on to say that God then brings in as like a parade is coming down the street, and he brings in everlasting righteousness. The righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ becomes ours at the cross. So at the cross, so much was finished and so much was started. What was finished at the cross? Our transgressions and our sins. What was started at the cross? An everlasting reconciliation with God, That our iniquity had caused the separation of, and an everlasting righteousness. It's all at the cross, at the cross. That's where God did so much of the finishing work. And it's also interesting when we think of the of the of the of of God the finisher in John chapter 4, verse 34, where the Lord Jesus Christ said, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me. And to finish his work, you know, one time my dear, dear friend, uh, John Potts, uh, Professor John Potts, who I've known for years, he is the father of parathyroid hormone research. He is the director of research at Harvard uh, Medical School, one of the uh, uh, teaching hospitals, um, Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston. And my dear friend, uh, John Potts, uh, uh, virtually all the researchers, uh, I have worked a lot in this area of parathyroid hormone, and all of the researchers, really most of them, came out of his laboratory. And he told me uh, when he went to go talk to his mom, and he started this work over 50 years ago in uh, PTH, and he said to his mom, um, mom, or at least it's over forty years. But anyway, he said to us, he says, "Mom, I'm gonna start to research on parathyroid hormone." And uh, and you know, here's John Potts. He's a professor of medicine uh, over there, as I mentioned. And uh, and uh, anyway, and so his mother said to him, "That's wonderful, Johnny. That's wonderful. When will you end? When will you finish it?" And he said to his mom, "Mom." I'm never going to finish it. I don't want to finish it because I love to do the research on parathyroid hormone. Well, God bless uh, John Potts. But that's not what the Lord Jesus Christ was saying here. He was saying my meat is to do, but I'm not so in love with the process of it all because he said my will is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. In other words, he had a goal. And it wasn't just the process of doing the will of God, but it was to finish it. It was to finish it. Why? Because John 5, verse 36 says this. I have a greater witness than that of John. For the works which the Father hath given me to do. No, it says the works which the Father hath given me to finish the same works that I do. So in other words, in the mind of the Lord Jesus Christ, yes, his meat was to do the will of God. Yes, he enjoyed doing the will of God. But yes, he understood that he was given work to finish and his meat was to finish it so that he could present himself, which he did in John 17 with these words to the father. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. When when God the Father gave the Lord Jesus Christ the work, he turned to him and he said, you see, all these people, the world, I love them so much. I love them so much that I'm going to give you my only begotten son. And then he turned to God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and he said, here is the work of, which I've given you to do and to finish. And what work was that? The work of atonement for sins. The work, as we just talked about, of making, of finishing the transgression of God's people. Of finish, of finish, of making an end of sins of man and making a reconciliation. And so when he came here on earth, what do we see him doing? Gathering the sheep teaching them with words of the sermon on the mount which started off with you have heard that has been told but i say unto you all the while he is going along and removing the air and replacing it with truth but he knows he's going to the cross. He knows that that's where he'll make an end of sin. That's where he'll make a finish of transgression. And he moves toward that place. And as he gets there, and as they beat him to a pulp, he knows I'm going to finish the God, the work that God's given to me to do. As they put the nails in his hand and put the nails in his feet, he's saying, "I'm here to finish the work of God." As he's being dehydrated and turns to a poor lost sinner, a thief on a cross, and works to get him into the kingdom by saying, "Today you'll be with me with paradise." He said, "That's just another part of the finish." But when he finally came to the end and he knew that he had had done the will of God, that he had completed the work. He had been the spotless lamb of God. He had laid down his life, that he knew that all the iniquity of man was laid on him. And he had endured the storm alone on the cross. He said, it is finished.
0: Hallelujah. What a Savior. Thank you for joining us today. Join us again tomorrow as we continue in Genesis. Now, are you interested in learning more about the Jewish Messiah? Tom Cantor has compiled a book of 194 prophecy and fulfillments of the Lord Jesus Christ. This book has over 80 pages of Old Testament prophecy and New Testament fulfillment. If you'd like to obtain a copy of this book, please call us today at 1-800-247-3051. Once again, that number is 1-800-247-3051 and we can send you a copy of that book today. You can also go to friendshipwithgod.org or israelrestoration.org to learn more about Tom Cantor or more about friendship with God. Thanks for joining us today, and join us again tomorrow as we continue in Genesis.